This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode number 11, entitled, The Exalted Status of the Resurrected Jesus. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is a podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much again for joining us. I'm your host, Dustin Smith. Philippians 2.9 states that because of Jesus' life of humility leading to his sacrificial death, God highly exalted him. So today we're going to be asking, in what way and to what status did God exalt Jesus? So we'll be looking at quite a few passages from Scripture, so buckle up and we're going to get ready to go. First thing we're going to look at is that God exalted Jesus to a high status after his resurrection. We can see this from a variety of passages, and we can draw from them some very important theological implications. Let's start here in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, which says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's Matthew 28, 18, where Jesus says, All of the authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So after the resurrection, someone gave all of the authority that is in the heaven and on the earth to Jesus. I think it's very clear that God is the one that gave that authority to Jesus, but that's an awful lot of authority. All authority is quite a lot of authority. All the authority on heaven and on earth was given to Jesus after his resurrection. Moving along, we'll actually look at the Philippians 2 passage that we alluded to a little earlier. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 10 says this, for this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. That's Philippians 2, verses 9 through 10. So God highly exalted Jesus. He super exalted Jesus. And what is important for our study today is what is actually said afterwards, which is that God bestowed upon Jesus. God gave to Jesus the name which is above every name. God actually gave to Jesus his very name so that at this name, at the name of Jesus, all will come to worship him. And then it actually describes all that are coming to worship Jesus, that are bowing the knee to Jesus, those that are in the heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. So you kind of have like this three-tiered organization of the created order, those that are in the heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And this actually is drawing upon the imagery already stated in Genesis chapter 1 about, not surprisingly, a human being created by God who was supposed to rule and subdue over all of God's creation. So let's look at this passage in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. God created human in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over, notice carefully here, the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see here in Genesis 1 that the original mandate given to humanity is that they were to function as the image of God, they were to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and ultimately to rule and subdue over 
everything that God has created. And it goes there and specifically says that it's over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every living thing that moves on the earth. And so there in Genesis 1, you have that same three-tiered system. You have the things that are under the earth, things presumably in the sea, the things in the heavens, which are the birds of the sky, and the things that are on the earth, which is every living thing that moves on the earth. So to me, it seems very clear that in Philippians 2, Jesus is regaining the authority that was originally given to Adam. And this is not surprising to us because we know that Paul, in some passages, like Romans 5 and 1 Corinthians 15, has a very explicit Adam theology and Adam Christology when it comes to Jesus. Jesus is the second Adam. He is the one that undoes the sin and transgression of Adam and regains the position that Adam formerly had, which was the vice-regent ruling over God's creation. Notice that this authority given to Jesus, both in Matthew 28, 18 and in Philippians 2, 9 through 10, is an authority bestowed upon Jesus after the resurrection. Now, the most common way that the New Testament described this exalted status in regard to Jesus was with a direct quotation or allusion to Psalm 110 and verse 1. So it's important for us to look at this passage. Psalm 110 verse 1 states, Yahweh says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. That's Psalm 110 and verse 1, where we have two figures. We have Yahweh speaking to another figure entitled my Lord and saying to that Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And so Yahweh is speaking to another person, inviting him to sit at the right hand of God's throne until there's this time where there's going to be this submission of the enemies. In this passage, Psalm 110 verse 1, was the most quoted and most alluded to Old Testament passage by the New Testament authors. In fact, the New Testament describes Jesus' exalted status as at the right hand of God 20 times. 20 times. We can see this being used in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, Romans, Ephesians, Colossians, Hebrews, and in 1 Peter. Some seven different authors there describing Jesus' exalted status as at the right hand of God in a direct quotation or allusion to Psalm 110 and verse 1. So even though Jesus is exalted, he is still distinct from Yahweh, and he is sitting at Yahweh's right hand. An interesting passage here in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1 describes Jesus as the high priest. There are a lot of Christians that uh, rightly describe the exalted Jesus as their high priest, but what they may not realize is that this theology comes specifically from the book of Hebrews. You don't get it in the Gospels explicitly, and you don't necessarily get it in the letters of Paul. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1 says, Now the main point in what has been said is this, We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. So Jesus is not sitting on the throne of the majesty in the heavens. The majesty there is just a title for God, title for God the Father. But Jesus, functioning as the high priest, has that function because he has been exalted to God's right hand. Now, since God has invested his authority and name in the human Jesus, 
Jesus can rightly be addressed with titles which previously belonged to God alone without there being any threat to monotheism. So we look at a passage where there are titles attributed to Jesus that formerly were attributed to God, such as Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13, where Jesus speaks and says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Three different phrases and declarations of saying that he has an all-encompassing title, Alpha and the Omega being the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Of course, the first and the last and the beginning and the end seem to encapsulate that same function. So that is said of Jesus in Revelation 22 and verse 13, but those titles, namely the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end, were formally said of God in Revelation 21 and verse 6. And there have been some people who have observed this and have concluded, uh, incorrectly in my opinion, that if God is given these titles and Jesus is given these titles, that must prove that they are the same. That must prove that Jesus is equal to God. But that's not necessarily true because we've already seen in Matthew 28, 18, in Philippians 2, 9, that at the resurrection, God has given all authority to Jesus and God has bestowed upon Jesus the name which is above every name. So if God has invested his name into Jesus and all of the authority into Jesus, then it concludes that Jesus can bear the titles that formerly belong to Yahweh alone. And this doesn't impede upon monotheism or the fact that there is one unique God. James McGrath, in his highly recommended book, The Only True God, rightly notes that, quote, God shares his own name and sovereign rule with Jesus as his supreme agent after the resurrection, and this is not an idea that was felt to be in conflict with monotheism, end quote. That's in page 52 of McGrath's book, The Only True God. Next, we're going to note that although Jesus was highly exalted after his resurrection, he was still described by the New Testament authors as subordinate to the Father, and that Father is still the God of Jesus. So look at these introductions to these various epistles in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There, our Lord Jesus Christ has a God and has a Father. And this is after the resurrection. Ephesians 1.3 says something very similar. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, there, our Lord Jesus Christ has a God and has a Father. Colossians 1.3, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There, Jesus has a Father who is described specifically as God. 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, our Lord Jesus Christ has a God and has a Father. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6 says, And he, Jesus, has made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. There again, clearly Jesus has a God and has a Father. James Dunn, in this excellent book, New Testament theology, 
makes this point even clearer when he says, quote, Jesus as Lord still has a God as his God, end quote. That's on page 62 of his book, New Testament Theology. Rightly so. Jesus is the exalted Lord, but he still has a God as his own God. And we saw that there in 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, 1 Peter, and the book of Revelation. Last point we'll look at today is that God the Father is still ranked number one in the universe while the exalted Lord Jesus occupies the number two position. We can see this in a variety of passages that describe Jesus' exalted status after the resurrection. First one here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, where Paul says, So then, let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. All things belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, where all things belong to you. That's second person plural, you in the plural, meaning the Christians. And verse 23 says, and you, you in the plural, all belong to Christ, but Christ also belongs to God. So we can see the clear hierarchy there is that God is on top, Christ is below God, and the Christian community is below Christ. Very clear. God is number one, Christ is number two, the body of Christ is number three. And we can see the same thing elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, here in chapter 11 and verse 3, where Paul says, But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of woman, and God is the head of Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, where that same hierarchy shows up, where God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, that's husbands, and the husband is the head of a wife. Again, that same hierarchy. God is number one, Christ is number two, the body of Christ is number three. We see the same thing in the passage in Ephesians chapter 4, where the seven ones as it's often described, are portrayed. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, says there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and most importantly, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So there we have the one Lord in verse 5, that's Jesus, but Verse 6, we have the one God and Father who is over all, through all, in all, and he's of all. That one God and Father is over all, and that would include the one Lord previously described in Ephesians 4 and verse 5. So that one God and Father who is over all implies that the Father, God the Father, is still number one in the universe. And we can see this also in a very simple passage, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 which says, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and humanity, namely, the human being, Christ Jesus. So there, very clearly, 1 Timothy 2.5, there's one God, he's number one, and there is a mediator that mediates between God and humanity. Who is that mediator? The human being, Christ Jesus. Again, clearly, God is number one, the human being, Jesus Christ, is number two, and humanity is number three. So in conclusion, we have observed that, number one, God exalted Jesus to a high status 
after his resurrection, wherein God invested Jesus with God's authority and name in a manner appropriate to the principle of agency. Number two, we observe that the most common way that the New Testament described this exalted status is with a direct quotation or allusion to Psalm 110 and verse 1, where we have Yahweh speaking to another person entitled, My Lord, who was exalted to sit at Yahweh's right hand. Number three, we saw that since God has invested his authority and name in the human Jesus, Jesus can rightly be addressed with titles which previously belonged to God alone without there being any threat to monotheism. Number four, we observe that although Jesus was highly exalted after his resurrection, he was still described by the New Testament authors as subordinate to the Father, and that Father being the God of Jesus. And lastly, we saw that God the Father is still ranked number one in the universe, while the exalted Lord Jesus Christ occupies the number two position. If you've been blessed by the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to contribute to keeping it on the air, be sure to check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thank you so much again for listening. Again, my name is Dustin Smith, and until next time, take care.